0: To 50% on washer and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Best
1: and brightest. We say Excelsior this time of day to each other. Excelsior is a Latin word meaning ever upward, also uh, a slogan, an axiom, uh, a punctuation of general excellence. When my family came home on Saturday afternoon, they found me, coincidentally, given the timing, uh, they found me weeping like a baby, which I really wouldn't have expected though doesn't greatly surprise me but we can both count i think on on a hand on the fingers of a hand the number of people outside our immediate families especially who are in public life who engender that kind of emotion in us F- whether or not i'm foolish It will not surprise you to learn that the death of a Supreme Court justice, especially the one whom I followed pretty religiously and believed in since before the days he was confirmed. But for 30 years, this was my beacon on the tower that counts the most in our country. Even more than the presidency. Ironically, we don't talk a lot about the Supreme Court here, but we we sure talk a, a good deal about it. I think more than most other shows. And we talk a lot about not particular laws, but we talk a lot about law and what it means to all of us, uh, whether or not we always realize what it means to us in our country, in our families. The New York Times, who can be, in this case at least, reliably called upon to render something appropriate, read this way on Sunday morning. Justice Antonin Scalia, the voice of conservative renaissance in three decades on the United States Supreme Court, whose transformative legal theories, vivid writing, and outsized personality made him a leader of conservative intellectual renaissance in his 30 years on the Supreme Court, died yesterday. Quote, he was an extraordinarily individual and jurist, admired and treasured by his colleagues. By the way, both of his best friends on the court were two of its most liberal. The most liberal voice on the court, Buzzy Ginsburg, uh, was uh, Nino Scalia's closest friend. They went to opera together, their families vacationed together, dined together regularly. Now, you know, like once a year or something. They were like best buds. They They come from a time and he comes from a place in which you don't dislike people because you do not agree with them 100% on something. If their hearts are good. And their minds are sound, they're worthy of your time and your respect. Uh, A federal judge, prominent federal judge writing in uh, about five years ago in a magazine article said Justice Scalia is the most influential justice in the last quarter century. Many would argue, many who are qualified to argue, and I am, you know, and so maybe are you. One doesn't need to be an attorney nor a judge in order to know law or to follow law or understand law. Indeed, it is the best of our law that does not require being a judge to understand it. And I understood it once what Antonin Scalia represented to those of us who would never read one of his decisions or one of his famous, stinging, beautiful, intellectually singeing dissents. But I knew what it meant to be an originalist, to be a textualist, and many of us found out whether or not we were acquainted with those terms in the coming years. The guy who gave a common man's reading, the most uncommon of men, Antonin Scalia, gave the most common, in a way, of reading to law based on what it ought to mean to we whom it governs and we who drafted it and what it was Supposed to mean by those who drafted it not what it might mean in a perfect world you know in a, in, a, in a world of people who regard themselves as expensive, cufflinked handmade suit, uh, odd beards, elite social circles, you know the 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 uppermost reaches of the law. And academia in our country, Nino Scalia was in many ways a lunch pail jurist. His interpretation of the law was a product of what the drafters meant, what your representatives, you the boss, what did you mean when you told your congressman? You know, when you told your legislators, when you made the law, what did you mean? He spent his life doing that, and he turned what had been the back alleys of the law, the cheap man's law, the law that the academics laughed down their noses at. Because for 75 years, it was fashionable in this country to turn the law into something that was automatically liberal, automatically progressive, thus automatically damaging to the people it was supposed to serve, it was very fashionable to render interpretations of the law that were mockeries of its intention, to turn it very simply on its head, to come up with the most ridiculous interpretations of law and say, oh no, really? really this is what it ought to mean even if the founding fathers if they were alive would have unanimously said no that's not what it means even if americans as voters as citizens would unanimously say oh no that's not that's not what we that's not what we want it to mean that's not what we thought it mean uh, what it meant scalia was unashamed To be a genius who brought the simple, contextual, originalist understanding of the Constitution to the forefront, back to the people. Uh, He was a great hero of mine and a great man. And he was a great hero to many people who will never meet him. Which brings us to this, and uh, Britt, I'm aware of the time I'll break in, uh, after these couple of paragraphs. Battle begins over naming next justice. When I stopped weeping long enough, I tweeted this out on Saturday evening. You can look it up. I sent out several tweets having to do with the nature and magnitude of the battle that was about to ensue, because this is it. This is it, babies. This is it. As as I will as I will share with you in a moment, you know, presidents, senators, congressmen come and go. Elections come and go. The thing that remains the longest and the most is the United States Supreme Court and the decisions they make. Peter Baker, New York Times, the death of Justice Antonin Scalia immediately set off a partisan battle over a vacancy that could perhaps reshape the Supreme Court and our country. For years to come, as Senate Republicans called on President Obama to let his successor fill the seat, within hours of Justice Scalia's death, both sides began laying the groundwork for what could be a titanic confirmation struggle fueled by ideological interest groups. The surprise opening also jolted the presidential campaign and could shift the cons- the conservation toward the priorities each candidate would have in making such a selection. Mr. Obama, should he do so, would be the first president since Ronald Reagan to fill three seats on the court. What we ought to do about this what we will probably do about this, what the Republicans and Democrats have already announced they are doing, what the candidates ought to do, what the candidates have instead already chosen to do, and the reason that you ought to care are all ahead today.
0: Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.